Hey everyone, how's it going? I'm Gabriel Menchaca. Uh, we're in the third part of our Surrender, Surround, Stir, and Share series. This third part I think is really a helpful one. Uh, I hope that after watching this video, you walk away with some confidence and understanding like gifting. Uh, I know a lot of people get caught up in the whole, what's my calling? What am I supposed to be doing as far as ministry? Uh, but specifically, we want to talk about stirring the gift. And so uh, this this sermon in particular, I think it it helps us to understand in our positions and our places that we go through these these chapters, these phases, and we can always repeat them. It's something that we go back and look at again. You surrender all the things that you put in front of God. You surrender everything. Just lay it at his feet. You surround yourself with biblical truths, with the Holy Spirit, with mature believers. And then you get to this place, back to that place of understanding who you are and what God has put in you. And you stir the gift that is in you. And so this third part, stir the gift, I like to correlate the thought to spiritual maturity. The gift in you is not just for you. I'll say that again. The gift in you is not just for you. So surrender your life. We know that part already. Surround yourself with biblical truths uh, and then stir the gift that is in you. And that comes directly from scripture, 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. And it says this, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. One very well-known Christian uh, person said this. He said, some people have a warped idea of living the Christian life. Seeing talented, successful Christians, they attempt to imitate them. For them, the grass on the other side of the fence is always greener. But when they discover that their own gifts are different or their contributions are more modest or even invisible, they collapse in discouragement and overlook genuine opportunities that are open to them. They have forgotten that they are here to serve Christ, not themselves. Billy Graham said this, and it's specific to the idea of understanding gifting. So Paul tells Timothy to stir up the gift. And, I, and like I said, I would like to correlate the thought to spiritual maturity, to this understanding of there's something in us that we are basically challenged to stir up, to become aware of, to identify, and then to begin to see it kind of come to fruition, come to from just an internal existence to an external uh, uh, representation of what God is doing. In this third place of our life, we, we talk about four different areas, like I said before, uh, the surrender, surround, stir, and share. And so in this third place, uh, we talk basically where the rubber meets the road. It's where the faith and action kind of combine, come into a realistic like application of, of our lives and our relationship with Christ. And the Bible teaches us about gifts. In Romans 12, 6 through 8, it says this, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. There are different types of gifts. Uh, uh, pastors don't give gifts. Uh, we, we, we don't give them to people. They're something the Holy Spirit, that God himself has put in people. Uh, we can't even identify them right away because people are people and we are not God. We 
did not create people. Uh, pastors did not create you. So therefore, it's difficult sometimes to identify gifts. And I would even say this. Sometimes I've seen pastors say, oh, you're really gifted at this. And they've been way off. And so the reality is just that this is something that is learned. And it's more on you as a person in your Christian walk to have that personal responsibility. Different gifts are given to different people. And different people are great at different things. We know that for a fact. And I like, I love the saying, uh, you do you, uh, because there are some things that you, only you are good at. There are some people who try to be encouragers and they go up to somebody and they just fail miserably, you know, like, oh man, God's going to use you. And it's like, like, it's just a generic, like, okay, <laughs> like, you know, and, and just not their calling. It's not their gift. And so we, we say, you do you, do what you're good at, do what you're good at. Uh, gifts are something that we should use. And the scripture lays it out for us, uh, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. So scripture teaches us they're not just for sitting around. It's not just a, a thought or one day. It's, it's like a reality of God gave you something, use it. And so we should use them. And, it, and it's not for us to be quick to hide it or put away a gift. Uh, sometimes I know people, we, we react in different ways. Uh, sometimes we are afraid of what people may think or say, uh, but we get nervous on onto what others are going to, you know, what about this? What about that? And it's kind of just like, look, man, scripture teaches us we should use our giftings. The context or setting in which your gifting is being utilized is important. So in some cases, in some churches, there might be a geographical location that just prohibits you and your gifting. So if you live in a, maybe some place that has, you know, a lot of snow and you're really good at, you know, something to do in the summer, you know, it's, it's just something that your gifting is not going to be utilized as much. So being aware of that is, like I said, part of the spiritual maturity where we understand that, hey man, whatever I'm good at, it doesn't mean I'm going to be doing it here. It doesn't mean I'm going to be staying here and, and, and only using it once a year. And so what I'm saying is that there are different situations for giftings and there are different people who are gifted at different things. And moving forward, and you find in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, it says this, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we use our gifts to serve one another. Scripture's clear. First uh, Peter 4, 10 through 11, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. We use our gifts to serve other people. The gift in you is not just for you. Uh, in your small group, in the mall, uh, when the Holy Spirit prompts you to just go speak and share encouraging words or, or even prophesy or pray over somebody, that is a gifting and that is something that is not just for you. And this is the hard part that we have to get over. It's not just about you. A lot of times we get stuck on that, you know, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm this? What if I'm that? You know, God loves to use those who are willing. Pride will always get in the way of being willing. 
because we're so afraid of the repercussion if we're wrong or if we look like we didn't understand, you know, all these things. So there's an area there that says that pride pushes us back into this place of apprehension where we get away from the desire to say, Lord, whatever you want. The Holy Spirit will prompt you to use your gift and it's for someone else. Our gifts are to bring glory to Jesus. That's a fact. Our gifts bring glory to Jesus. Now, let me say it like this. In the church, our giftings bring glory to Jesus. In the world, our giftings bring glory to ourselves. So let me say that again. In the church, our giftings bring glory to Jesus. In the world, our giftings bring glory to ourselves. So when you're promoting who you are and what you can do and all these amazing uh, attributes you can bring into any ministry you're part of or who you're connected to, there's there's a realistic like uh, a kind of personal checkpoint there to say like, am I doing this for my glory or am I trying to bring glory to Jesus in everything I do? And so in those giftings, it's everything we do is to bring glory to Jesus. Through him, God is glorified. And that's again in scripture, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So gifts don't shine the light on a person. Let me say that again. Gifts don't shine the light on a person. So if it's a focus on a pastor or a deacon or a bishop or a worship leader or or a dancer or an artist, like all these things that we can bring into focus that are focused on a specific person, we can really assess that to say like a true God-given gifting that the person is trying to uh, use to bring glory to Jesus will always point people to him. Meaning you'll see them as a human. You'll see them in their flaws and they'll point you to Jesus because they'll be able to say, I'm imperfect. Follow him who is perfect. And so gifts don't shine the light on a person. They shine the spotlight on Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, it says this. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom, and to another, the utterance of knowledge, according to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, and to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So we know this for a fact. The Bible teaches us there are different gifts. There are different gifts, but the same spirit meaning there are different expressions there are different methods of sharing the gospel but there are there is one spirit there's one name that we glorify I love what one pastor does when he brings in his, basically his pastors and leaders conference, when he brings everybody in, he, he you know, he, he speaks to them, greets them, welcomes them, uh, gets them comfortable and, and then speaks to them and says, I want you to look around this room and I want you to see that no one in this room is your enemy. You may not like them, but they are not your enemy. We are on the same side. We serve the same king. And this is the reality of giftings. Giftings are all about understanding that we are on the same side. We are serving the same king. There are different gifts, but the same spirit, meaning we aren't competing for attention. We are not competing for attention uh, and we're not competing for recognition. 
We're not competing for those things. Uh, uh, you know, this, the Christian, the Christian-minded servant says, "Praise God that there's awesome people who do awesome things." Like, you know, when we see awesome videos, when we see awesome sermons, when we see awesome dancers, or, or we see awesome artists and, and musicians and, and songs and, and people that do these amazing, talented things and they bring glory to our Father in heaven and they say, hey man, all glory goes to God, you know, and they lift up the name of Jesus. When we see that, we should celebrate. We should be able to say, man, we're on the same side. And so that's the reality of gifts, that we function in different representations. We look different and we do different things, but we are of the same spirit. Gifts are a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Let me say that again. Gifts are a manifestation of the spirit for a common good. This is why these two steps before this are important to surrender your life and to surround yourself with biblical truths. Because what'll happen is if you bypass that step of surrounding yourself with biblical truths, you don't understand that you're on the same side, that you're not competing for attention. You're not competing for recognition. And so the spiritual gifting in you begins to be stirred up in an unhealthy way and then begins to be expressed in an unhealthy way. So it's important to surrender your life, to surround yourself with biblical truth, to surround yourself with the Holy Spirit and let him develop you. Surrounding yourself with mature believers, they begin to speak truth into you, challenge you, edify you. And then in that, you begin stirring up the gift in you. You begin recognizing and developing, and it's a healthy growth pattern. And so the Holy Spirit and his characteristics as revealed in scripture give us guidance in how gifts serve the body. Let me say that again. The Holy Spirit and his characteristics are, are revealed in scripture, and they give us guidance in how our gifts serve the body. We don't decide what our gifting is. God has put that in us. So now we have to understand how does this gift serve the body? That's the responsibility that we do have. And I'll say this, there is no gift of criticism. It doesn't exist. There is no gift of sliding into DMs. <laughs> there is no gift of sliding into the DMs. There is no gift of spinning the truth. That's deception. To stir the gift, you must first identify it. And this comes with spiritual maturity, surrendering what you think you're supposed to be doing, uh, surrounding yourself with biblical truths, and, and these prepare you to identify and stir what God uh, has put in you. Uh, Jesus gives a story, it's a parable, and for me, it was a very convicting one because it's something that I, as I read, and I really felt the Holy Spirit begin to deal with me, uh, there was a place where I, I myself felt like, man, I'm kind of done. I don't want to do this anymore. I felt like I was at a place of saying, you know what? I may be good at some of these things. Uh, I may be, you know, uh, you know, have a gifting in areas of ministry, but I'm just kind of done. I, I don't, I don't have the heart for this anymore. Um, I, I got tired of all the politics. I got tired of all the drama. I got tired of having to defend and, and say this or say that. And so I, I felt like, you know what, I'm done. I really wanted to walk away from it. And, and I really felt, you know, I had read this before and the Holy Spirit had convicted me back then. And as I was reading it again, years later, the Holy Spirit convicted me once more. And, and it was something so challenging to me and so real to me that I do believe it's something that every single Christian uh, should 
take in and learn from. And it's from the book of Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. And it says this, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made the two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he, had, he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents here? I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered me to two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the 10 talents. For to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So you know, this scripture spoke so much to me in a few different ways, but I'll share two things with you that I think you can draw from this. Number one, he's coming back. Our master is coming back. All the things that are wrong, all the things that you've seen done in and out of church that were wrong, that you knew this was wrong, they'll be taken care of when the master returns. The master will return and he will call on those who are his servants and those that were the wicked and lazy ones, he will take care of them. But those that were the fruitful ones, he will take care of them as well. And so the reality is that we have no excuse here to say like, I'm done. I give up. My gifting is done. I don't want to deal with that gift anymore. I don't want to do, I don't want to do moving that anymore. I'm just done. And, and Jesus points this out to us and it's a reality of he comes back and he settles the accounts and the other thought is he's going to ask for what he gave us he's going to ask for it and like the scripture teaches us to each one is given a gift and did we hide it or did we multiply it Jesus made it very clear the servant that hid their gift in fear is considered wicked and lazy slothful it's the the worthless servant the gift in you is not just for you. Uh, the greatest gift ever given to humanity was through the sacrifice of a perfect person. In Romans 6, 23, it says this, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we know this, every single one of us have been given a gift, a free gift of salvation. And what we do with that is really on us. That's why we surrender our lives and we surround ourselves and we get around people we can learn from 
we say, you know what, man, I, I want to serve Jesus. I don't want to just sit in a chair or sit in, a, in a, a pew or a bench or go to a park and meet up. I want to do something. I want to serve Jesus. I want to live for him. I want my life to be marked as someone who was a servant of Jesus. And, and in this, we know that this free gift of salvation is available to all of us. And then we move forward from there. So I want to remind you, stir the gift. Remind yourself that there is a gift. Challenge yourself to stir it.